bringing to you the stories that have never been told, the news that has yet to unfold, and the voices you have not heard. This is the Caribbean Cannabis Channel, where we meditate and educate on all things ganja within the Caribbean region, with your host, Prophet Nati. Yo, yo, peace and love, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Caribbean Cannabis Channel. If this is your first time joining us, it's a pleasure to have you on listening. My name is Prophet Natty, or Nathaniel, as many persons do call me. And today, I mean, all our guests are special, but we do have a very special invited guest today that's joining us. And I've been following her work on Instagram for quite some time now, and I'm always impressed by the work that she's doing, the education that she's sharing, which is always phenomenal. But... You will hear all of what she has to offer through the podcast and more by following her as we will be sharing her social media pages, her website throughout our show notes. But with all that being said, allow me to introduce our specially invited guest today, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. How are you, doctor? Oh, thank you so much for those kind words, Natty. I appreciate it. That is so sweet of you. I am so excited to be on your show. Thanks for the invite. And thank you for, for joining us. It's, it's always a pleasure to have persons from varying backgrounds, from various walks of life joining us. So today we have a consultant, a healer, an educator, and a passionate person dealing with cannabis. So tell us, where, where are you joining us from today? Well, I am currently in Humboldt County, which is in Northern California. So we're real far north. We're by 11 hours north of LA and about six hours north of San Francisco. So we're really far up in the mountains. And this is where cannabis for the United States has been known to grow since the 60s, right? I mean, since the 1960s. And so cannabis has been grown here for quite some time. It's an amazing community. I've been here for over 15 years. I love, yeah, I love Humboldt County. Um, I was one of the first naturopathic physicians in the area. um, And I won some really great awards for being a holistic health practitioner. And then I started my journey with cannabis. And that was a healing journey for me personally, and we can get into that and we can talk about that. But I've been around cannabis since before I was born, right? Like just my dad grew cannabis in the basement before my parents were together. So I've been around it for many, many lifetimes, I think. Wow. So you're you're coming from the legacy farm and from, as I said, the basement growing, which not a lot of persons understand the history behind that leading into cannabis legalization and having tons of farms. So we, I want to find out though, because even though you did come from a family that has been growing before you were born, as you said, what was the catalyst for you to decide, I want to follow any footpath of my father? That's a, that's a big question and there's a lot to it. So my father, we never knew that he grew cannabis. So it wasn't a thing that was shared with us at all. It was, it was an underground kind of thing. Um, and only when my brother was of teenage age did he share 
the passion of cannabis with my brother. So I didn't even get to know too much about it. Um, even though I've always been a fan of cannabis, it's always been in my life in one way or another, mostly just me enjoying it. Um, and then I came to Humboldt County, which is in Northern California, and I started needing to kind of work with the community that I was in and all of my clients and the cannabis medical patients, they were all farmers or wives of farmers, and they were all making medicine from cannabis. I was, I was here in the, in the height of the, the kind of the green rush where it was starting to be legal, but there was still a lot of traditional farms. And so those people, like everything smelled like cannabis, everything, right? Like all the money, all the clothes, all the laundry mats, like everything just smelled like cannabis. I probably had a really good smell. <laughs> it was wonderful. It still is wonderful. Um, but it was just such an, it was such a integral part of the community. And I didn't really use cannabis all that much in the beginning. I mean, I've always used it since I was young. You know, you always smoke. Well, I don't know if everybody always smokes weed, but <laughs> you all, you, I mean, you just smoke weed. Like that's just part of life uh, for me anyways. And th so I've always used it mm -hmm. and been around it, but um, I never really took it into a place of full medicinal, even though I was a physician and I worked with healing properties and I helped my community in multiple ways with nutrition, health and wellness, and was going, you know, writing about health and wellness. Um, it wasn't until I had what I called the cancer scare um, that I actually started really looking at cannabis in a totally different way and asking the plant, I'll refer to the plant as her, I was asking her, okay, I'm here in the most beautiful part of the country, our country, US, um, that grows the best cannabis, organic, regenerative, outdoor. It's the most powerful is to have it in the sun, right? In the ground, in the sun. And I said, if there's any way that she can help me, then it's time. It's time for me to really understand. And so at that time, my brother was growing in the mountains and I went up and I asked, I said, Hey, I said, can I, cause he had workers who would come up and work for him. And I said, Hey, can I work for you today? Like, can I just come and get a bunch of leaves and eat the flowers? Can I just come? And he said, yeah, 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 of course. Come visit anytime. So I can't, I went up and I got all the leaves that I could and I juiced them. And I, only juicing, no smoking, just juicing only, and did a, a cube a day. So I juiced them and I put them in an ice cube tray and I would do one ounce a day for about six months. And I went mm -hmm. back and I got my testing. And when I got my testing, they told me that I was fine, that there was no like scare of cancer oh. any longer. So I was like, oh, I'm on to something. And the reason I couldn't use it in the way that I normally would use it, like smoking, meditation, relaxing at the end of a night, which is the way I use it now. But the reason I couldn't then is because I was seeing clients every day, all day. And I couldn't be altered in any way. I had to be centered and you know, present. Yeah. Yeah. Very present. Cause I'm there for other people. Mm -hmm. 
And so I chose to do juicing. And so anyways, that's my, my short story kind of, or with cannabis and how it's been a part of my life. And now 10 years later, I'm writing articles, probably anywhere from eight to 10 articles internationally and domestic on cannabis and its healing properties. I'm doing podcasts. I have a couple of my own. I do a clubhouse show that's free to the world to listen to farmers from all over the world come. Um, yeah, I'm doing lots of things. I'm taking clients and medical patients from around the world and helping them understand how we can use cannabis in, the, in a non-psychoactive way, meaning the whole plant but we don't have to burn it and go that go into those places if we don't want to. If we want to, great. I got more options, right? Mm-hmm. But it, some people don't want to because they can't or they're afraid of it or they haven't used it before. So there are other options. You can just eat her. Eat the plant. Like that's it. Well, exactly. Just like basil. That's, am- that's amazing. And I'm glad you shared that because... Again, so many people, even though education is becoming more prominent about cannabis, a lot of persons still believe there's only this limited way of consuming the plant, whether it's smoking it or eating it in an edible. But as you just rightfully said, you can go about juicing it and so many other ways without activating the psychoactive components. And your story is very similar to a lot of other persons that I have spoken to who have been using cannabis for for many years, but there comes a point where we transition into a greater understanding and appreciation for the plant, which evolves our methods of use and application. And that's one of the most phenomenal things I I always love about cannabis and hearing person stories is so many different parts sort of just aligning into one to be able to use this plant for the many benefits that it possesses. Absolutely. Yeah. And I get to luckily, like you, I get to hear stories from all people all over the world and how they're utilizing it and how it's working for them. And I just, I I love it. I love hearing about it. I love learning about it. I love sharing it as much as possible. Uh, It's beautiful how, many uses she has when I say she again the cannabis plant how many uses that there are and in what way you can use her and how we all should have access correct we should all have access and access to clean organically grown cannabis as well and that, that's something I want to talk to you more about because you you are a serious advocate for outdoor growing you're an advocate for sustainable uh, growing so how in terms of the use of outdoor where is the difference opposed to indoor for those who do not necessarily understand that the, the difference between the two Yeah, this is a great question. Thank you for asking, Nathaniel, because it's a big question. And I think that I may be right now in this in this moment, right in time, um, I happen to be one of the only uh, doctors who are focusing specifically on organic, sun grown, outdoor, living soil, cannabis. Mm -hmm. Why is this so important? Because in the U.S., not so much in other countries, but in the U.S., 
cannabis is a business. It's a corporation, just like they do with everything else, right? They want to make money off of it. But the the sad thing here is that when we look at the carbon footprint of an indoor grow and the building you have to create and the lights and all of the energy that has to be put on the plant for the plant to grow and all the chemicals that you have to spray on the plants and all of those things that go with an indoor facility it's mind-blowing how much money that is it's mind-blowing how much work is into that it, it's it's frightening so why I am the one, the advocate for those farmers who are doing it the hard way, the hard way is regenerative farming, composting their soil, homesteading, stewarding their land, stewarding the plant, cultivating a beautiful flower that is true medicine that is grown outdoors in the sunlight, in the ground, which for most countries and most people, that's a no-brainer. That makes, of course, we want that. Mm -hmm. Right? It makes perfect sense. But for some reason, people in the U.S., it doesn't make it, it doesn't make sense to them. It's almost backwards in a way that people will go into a dispensary and want to purchase indoor flower cannabis versus outdoor cannabis. Mm -hmm. It blows your mind. It does. You're like, are you? Are you out of your, what? And the other thing is, is we have a lot of Brazilian farmers and European farmers who come over to help with harvest and they trim off the leaves on the outside of the bud and they can't understand why Americans or the people in the U.S. would want those kind of flowers. It's all marketing, right? Where really those sugar leaves, those flowers on the outside, they need to stay put to to protect the trichomes inside. Mm, so okay. it, it's all of, yeah, it's all about going back to more natural ways. And if, if you see my Instagram, I'm I'm pretty hard on the indoor farmers. I, I don't I don't care for them. Um, and it's not anything personal. It's not personal. It's simply the fact that we need to learn to use the sun and use the earth if we have those options. There are some inner cities. There are some places where that can't happen. And, and I support the closet grower. I support the person that has to grow, you know, in a small space. Get your medicine however you can. But for those people who have the option to grow outdoors in the sun, what? why not? Or people who have the option to grow organic and not put synthetic chemicals on their plants. Like it just makes no sense to me at all. But it, like I said, again, like the, the people who are consuming the consumer, which is, that's another sad thing is calling a person who uses cannabis a consumer, but the consumer thinks that flowers that are naked with no leaves on them that have been grown under a light in a big warehouse, they think that that is clean, good medicine. And it just, it's it's false. It's false. And so what we're doing now with the Cannabis Holistic Institute is we are teaching people freely, giving information out to people and doing the research on terpenes and cannabinoids that have been grown outdoor and how they're higher in like same cultivar, 
same farmer, same area of the country, like pretty much the same farm, one grown indoor, one grown outdoor, and with the same, you know, organic fertilizers, everything. And then they're tested and they'll show that the outdoor farms, terpenes and cannabinoids are going to be higher. So we're collecting all of that data from all of the farmers who are allowing us to be, you know, invested in their research and allowing us to like get all of that so we can write articles on it. Mm -hmm. But it's just a proven fact that your flowers, cannabis is going to be higher in terpenes and cannabinoids when it's outside because those genetics express themselves differently when they're in the sun. Exactly. It makes sense. Well, it's, Anyways, it's nature. I could go on for a long time. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You you were sharing some vital information that I think everyone, whether you are a farmer or, as you said, a consumer, you should understand and know because you are consuming something that is altering the physiology of your of your body. So you don't want to put anything that's not fully suited or organic or natural into you because again you would be consuming those pesticides you will be consuming those chemicals that are being used elsewhere and it's something that is often overlooked because nowadays everybody as i said the bag appeal so everybody's looking forward to seeing these fat these fat buds um, with all the sugar leaves as you said because it's appealing to the eyes but when you actually look at the content behind it it's falling short in terms of the cannabinoids. It's falling short in terms of the terpene profiles. So we as, we as consumers, we as, as farmers really need to look at how we can be more sustainable with our growing and our consumption patterns. Because I've seen the difference looking at the bud structures. I've seen the difference in terms of how I feel consuming outdoor herb opposed to indoor herb and it's a total, total difference, but it's all about the education that we need to impart onto others so that they could make more informed decisions and not just think, okay, I'm seeing these beautiful buds, but what else is behind it? Is there sustenance behind it? Is it quality? So all of this is part of the full understanding and spectrum of um, being a cannabis enthusiast. Yeah, and it seems like the things that we're talking about are common sense that everybody knows. And the sad part is, you know, a lot of people have been, their minds have been subjected to commercialism and they don't even think about how simple it should be. Like, yes, let me grow a couple plants myself. I don't need, uh, you know, all of these things. Let me just try to grow a couple plants by myself, Right. Or, of course, I want all of the leaves on. That's more, that's more of the flower. There's a reason for those. We need them. They keep the trichomes on. And then the, then the bud itself can be interactive. We can take those beautiful little buds off. It can be a part of a sacred time with the flower. I mean, there's just all these things that we as farmers and consumers and connoisseurs we recognize and those people that don't get the opportunity to have 
even just flour in a dispensary close to them, you know, this is, this is really far out of their range because they're just happy to get anything. And I get that. And that's totally fine. Um, I honor everyone in whatever way they can get it. What It doesn't matter. Um, but when you're sitting in a place like I'm sitting and, you know, people still have the option to do indoor or outdoor and there is like right next to synthetic there is organic sun grown by a small farmer flower and people aren't purchasing that. That's the people I'm talking to, mm. right? More of those people who just, they have the options and they're not choosing it. Um, but again, this education is for everyone to help them understand if you're going to grow, don't even, if you have the opportunity to grow outside, grow outside. Amen. Yeah. I fully support that. So I, I want to ask you something as, as you are the founder of the Humboldt Holistic Foundation, what is the mission of, of the foundation and how do you all support the, not just the Humboldt County, but persons outside of that space? Yeah. So this is specifically set up so we can bring education to the community on sun-grown organic like we have a panel coming up next month so that foundation supports these educational panels um we support speaking and bringing this message out so that cannabis or the humboldt holistic foundation supports the cannabis holistic institute which gives scholarships to students who are international students we help people process throughout the whole spectrum of understanding what it is to be a cannabis therapy consultant. Um, and there's a lot more to that than just sun-grown organic. It's about certain terpenes and certain cannabinoids that work best with our body systems and how to help people find those particular cannabis cultivars or strains, how to find them and use them and grow them in their region. Okay. Awesome. That, that's really good. In terms of the terpenes and cannabinoids, uh, I find as though I come across a lot of the persons who don't really care about knowing more than THC, CBD, and much less about terpenes. Persons just care about, okay, is this going to get me high? Am I going to feel anything from this? But w what is the real purpose of understanding your terpene profiles and cannabinoids in, in, a, in your plant? Yeah, that's a great question. I think most people are in that place of like THC, CBD, how high is this going to get me? And I was in that place too, right? I was in that place for like 20 years until, and, and I loved, I was like, ooh, that purple is the best thing for me. This is the one I'm going to have today. I, like I was in that place. So not knocking the person that chooses to just do it recreational. Thank goodness that is your recreation because there's a lot of other things out there you could be doing. True, right? true. So you um, recreate with the cannabis all you want, right? That's good. <laughs> do it. There's nothing wrong with that. But then there t comes a time in some people's lives, like for me, for example, about 10 years ago, I decided to talk to her and use her in a different way. 
and that time will come. And hopefully it doesn't come for everybody, right? Like hopefully that doesn't happen, but it did come for me. And I had to really think about, okay, which of these plants are not going to get me high? I don't, I can't get altered. I can't be elevated in that way. I have to be on my game. I have work, right? I don't have anyone who's taking care of me. I'm taking care of all these people. So I can't, I can't shift. I don't, can't take the time off to just like, go enjoy my life. You know, I can't at that time. Uh, and it was a cancer scare. It was pretty scary. I call it a cancer scare because it was scary. Um, and so what I ended up doing was really focusing on terpenes and cannabinoids and which cultivars were going to work best for my body system at the time. So I was focusing and dialing it in a lot like, um, allopathic physicians dial in prescription medication, mm, Okay. right? And so that's the time when people need or they'll want to start really thinking about that kind of stuff. So it's not all of the time, but it's for those people who have acute pain or chronic pain and they're truly using it in a medicinal way, that's when terpenes and cannabinoids are are incredibly important and very effective because we're spending, some people are spending either time and money and energy growing that flower, like your own, right? For yourself, or you're spending time, money, and energy finding that medicine for yourself. So it better be the right one. It better be the most potent one, not just in THC, but in whichever cannabinoid, say CBG, CBN, CBD, whatever cannabinoid that works best for the body system that you're trying to heal. And then whichever terpene works best for the body system you're going to heal. You don't want to spend a lot of money on cannabis when really you're trying to go to sleep because you can't sleep, mm -hmm. right? So you're going to choose a cannabis that has linalool, for example, that's really good for sleep and rest, myrcene. That's really good for sleep and rest, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you sleep all the time and you don't want to sleep all the time. You want to feel good. You want to be energized. You want to work on a podcast. You want to do art. Now you're going to look at terpeniol or limonene or a different terpene and cannabinoid combination that's actually going to make you feel uplifted. Now, you ask anybody that's used this recreational, right, just for fun, why are you using it? Well, it makes me feel a little bit more excited. I'm awake. I feel more social, right? Or I, I like this particular purple butt over here because it helps me go to sleep. Or this green one, which is, you know, like lime green, that one helps me like go out into the world. Well, if they knew really what the terpenes and cannabinoids were, they could choose a lot more cannabis because it would, die, it would connect to what feeling they want to feel. So even though people don't think that they're paying attention to those terpenes and cannabinoids, they really are. They're just choosing it by what the flower looks like and what is available to them. But if they just took a few moments to smell it, pay attention to it, look at the, look at the list, oh, that smells, that smells kind of peppery. Mm, that's caffeine. Like, I, I think that that's what she's talking about. I think that's the one, that spicy smell. Mm -hmm. Or, ooh, that one's like a skunky smell. That's a vesipressin. That's a VSC, right? That's a volatile sulfur. Like, if they kind of really, like, 
start dialing it in, it can be really, really helpful. I agree. I agree. We're doing it anyways. We're doing it anyways. We just, you know, we're doing it anyways, whether it's recreation or medicinal. It's just what scale are people really dialing in? But you say that we're not, but we are. Yeah, and that, that reminds me of um, someone told me at a time in a similar instance, whether we're using the herb for quote-unquote recreational or medical reason or spiritual reason, it's, it's doing what it's supposed to do. And it's just, a, it's just a medicine, really and truly. But how you use it will vary and affect you accordingly. So I actually came to that realization myself um, a few years ago when I started to become more invested and understand, okay, let me not just buy this because of it's accessible to me. Let me find out what this plant is, what this strain is, what it's supposed to be doing, um, what are the terpenes inside of it, and... I change how how I buy buy herbs. So I just don't buy one and think, okay, this is going to make me go to sleep or this is going to make me excited. I I buy herbs now specifically for different reasons and different strains. So when I'm feeling to be more creative and focused and I'm working, I have a strain for that. When I'm feeling to be um, meditative and be restful, it has a strain for that. And I'm not just buying it all willy-nilly and getting a different effect than what I'm looking for. And I think that's why a lot of the times persons may get adverse effects than what they are looking for because they think all herb is doing the same thing when it's it's not. Each of them are different and they have their own purpose to, to fulfill. I absolutely agree with you. I do. And I think the terms medicinal and recreational, I think that those should be dissolved a mm-hmm. little bit because I think it's all we're, we're just using it. it it doesn't have to i think it's all medicinal exactly right it doesn't have to be so intense that it's like i can't get out of bed it's chronic pain or if it's like i have say social anxiety or i just want to be more connected to my higher self whatever the reason is it's all medicinal exactly. every bit of it yeah so question for for those who may not come across um, strains and know the terpene profiles. What are some plants that possibly persons could pair with um, cannabis that could assist them in, in that manner? Um, some, some plants that can be paired with cannabis to assist in what may, for what reason? Uh, let's say they are looking to, to sleep. If they don't understand the terpene profile for cannabis, what are some other plants that they could um, pair with that? Yeah. So every for every different disailment or discomfort, the sun's coming in right here. It's about to go all the way up my head. Um, so I'm sorry if it's messing up with the video here. I'm trying to move around and also trying to answer your question. So we'll just see how that goes. But... Uh, <laughs> It's happening. No, well, it's we, we talk, we're talking about um, sun growing cannabis, so the sun might as well hit you. <laughs> I know, right, right. Um, so, yeah, th- every plant, every plant can be utilized um, for the same reasons that cannabis would be used. So, 
There are plants that are adaptogens that work better with cannabis. There are some plants that have a high cannabinoid count. So if you didn't want to use cannabis, but you wanted cannabinoids, there are plants like cacao. Um, that There are dark leafy greens that have cannabinoids that you don't have to consume cannabis if you didn't want. But there's a lot of plants. I would probably say like the adaptogens and the mushroom world, there are like a lot there. So that's a really broad question because it depends again on like the ailment, the discomfort that you would want to work with that particular body system. For example, you had mentioned sleeping. So what would go really well with cannabis would be like oat straw or alpha alpha, but it, again, it depends on where, what region you're in, what part of the country or part of the world you're in, what herb works really well there for sleeping as well. So that's such a broad question. Okay, fair. Uh, it's kind of mm -hmm. hard to answer that without being very, very, very specific. I, I'm kind of like a minor detail type of person. So I have to know all the specifics for the question, but I think that could lead you. So if someone was looking for those herbs, look in your community or what grows really well on, on in your area for sleeping and then pair that with cannabis. There are very few herbal contradictions. Cannabis pairs well with a lot of plants and herbs. Just look up the contraindications. There's just, it's not like the uh, pharmaceutical world where you can't, you got to really look at each drug that you're putting into your body because they might not work well together, right? It, it's not like that in the plant kingdom. The plant kingdom, they work really well with each other. Agreed. Okay. That's noted. So for those who don't know what cannabis consultant or na naturopathy is, what what is the connection between the two and how do you use cannabis in, in your practice? Oh gosh, I am so sorry. <laughs> no, take your time, man. Take your time. Okay, All I right. tried to put a little something over the window so it wasn't like um, crazy on me, but... Okay, back to that question. I apologize. I did uh, plug my computer and everything is set again. Hopefully you don't have to cut out too much of this, but if you are still listening, thank you for listening. <laughs> I, I, I would probably cut it, cut it out or, or not. You know, oh, who, okay, I'm who knows? But uh, <laughs> let, me, right, let me rephrase the, the question. So for those who do not understand the connection between cannabis and using it in naturopathy, how, how are the two connected and how do you assist persons with it? Yeah, so naturopathy or uh, naturopathic medicine is plant medicine. So working with healing um, a person's body using plants versus drugs or medications. All medications, all allopathic medications, their foundation is rooted in the botanical kingdom, in the plant world. Correct. So if you think of um, uh, Viagra, or not Viagra, um, valerian root is Valium. So Valiums, which is very calming, is based in... But, <laughs> I don't know why 
why I keep saying Viagra. I wonder what Viagra is in it. It's probably based <laughs> in a plant too. It's in kind of like exciting, you know, plant, arousal plant. I want to look that up now. But for this particular <laughs> example, um, calming is coming from valerian. So that all that just shows you, and you can go deeper and deeper and deeper that all these medications have a base in the plant kingdom. There are a few newer medications in the U.S. They may be worldwide. There are, it's Epidiolec, and that is based in cannabis, right? It's based in cannabis, the cannabis plant. It's the CBD portion of the plant. So when we talk about naturopathic medicine, that is the study of herbs and plants and how they heal the physical body. So it's really the history of medicine. Oh, awesome. I did, I did not know that. So thank you for, for sharing that with me. Or with the listeners rather. We have learned so much today about cannabis. We have learned so much today about the growing of cannabis and using sustainable practices. We have learned a lot about you and what you have to offer and what you have been doing to support the community, not just in Humboldt, but also internationally. But we always love to speak to our guests outside of the work they are doing and get to know some of the, the personal the personal life. So we have a question for you, and we always do this with our guests when we come into the closing aspect, and that's just to get to know you all a bit more. So the question we have for you today, Dr. Pepper, is if you were stranded on a desert island and you could only bring three items with you, what would you bring? What? This is so hard. Only three items? Only three items you have on a deserted island. So you have to choose carefully. Oh, man. I get way too into my head. So I this is a tough one because I would have to think about this for 24 hours to get back with you. <laughs> Seriously, because I'm like, okay, I could take a seed, but what if I plant that seed and then it dies? So I would want to take a lot of seeds. So cannabis is one. Can I, I don't have to be specific about what type of cannabis. I'll get back with you in 24 hours of what kind of cannabis. <laughs> that would be one though, because I'd have to think about all the logistics and all the possibilities. Like my brain is like that. So um, I would have to really be specific, but I would say at least that a water purifier Smart, okay. I've never thought about that, but that is smart, okay. <laughs> um, a water purifier with an endless supply of filters, and then flint. Flint, okay. like, to make fire. Yeah, to make fire, okay. That would be my three things. Like, that's more logical for extension of life purposes, if that's what I was going <laughs> to I, I don't even think if I had 24 hours, I would have thought of those those two things. That, that's wise. That's very smart. <laughs> so, yeah, those would be my three things. But I think with the cannabis thing, I would have to figure out, it would probably be a, a, a big package of cannabis seeds, male and female, so that mm -hmm. I could grow them, pro propagate them, pollinate them, and keep them going. A true uh, cannabis yeah. educator. 
<laughs> you are true cannabis <laughs> enthusiast at heart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, I just looked it up, and Viagra um, is maca root, and Ooh. it's yeah. So maca, I've used maca for a very long time. I've always loved maca. That was really good for people's health and reproductive. Um, for men and women, but it's basics research is in maca. So there you go. In case anyone's listening and they're like, I wonder what Viagra um, That's bath. That's pretty interesting. You know, yeah, natural- I use I use maca root all the time, and I did not well, know they use it in Viagra. It's great for reproductive. So young, healthy people, re- reproductive. It also maca has a, a lot, a plethora of healing, healing abilities and, and things to help. Um, but yeah, that, that is one of them. So this is the point of naturopathic medicine is that there are herbs that do exactly what pharmaceuticals do. And that research to create pharmaceutical medications always stem back into the plant kingdom, into the plant world. So that's incredibly exciting. And when we are able to, when we have the freedom around the research, the true research of cannabis, more and more people can use it, utilize it, and see and tell their stories, even no matter how anecdotal the stories are, they still help each other. But we can utilize cannabis to really change our whole trajectory as health of humans. It's incredibly important. Like it's it's probably the most important piece that I wanted to share which I know that you, Natty, and I, we both are on that same vibe, is that cannabis heals. And we we need freedom around the plant to have everybody have their own experience, right? And then the suffering would diminish quite a bit. I mean, I I agree with you fully. It, It has healed me. I've seen so many been healed and so many continuously are being healed by using the plant, whether it's healing their mind, it's healing their body, or, or their spirit. It's a holistic plant, and it, it's so it's always so shocking that we have to go through all of these lengths as cannabis educators, cannabis users, enthusiasts, just to get access to this plant and to make it beneficial, not just to us, but to, to the world. So... We, we always love to, to have educators on because, again, one of the major key parts about seeing this plant become free, whether we, I mean, as users, we know we'll continuously use it regardless if it's quote-unquote legal or not, but it's always better to not have to watch over your, your back to access medicine. So we, we really appreciate you sharing all of this wonderful information with us, doctor. And I mean, persons obviously can always find more about the work that you're doing through Instagram, TikTok, your website, which obviously we, we would be sharing. But before we even close, we just, I, I want, want you to, to share any last words of advice or wisdom with our listeners regarding cannabis from whatever angle you decide to, to share from. Well, first off, thank you so much for taking the time to have me on today 
and for doing a service for the bigger community of giving out these podcasts and interviewing people. I have a couple podcasts of my own and I know how much work it is to organize and edit and post and, and put it out there. It's a lot of work. So I, I want to thank you for, for doing that. That's first and foremost. Um, yay. Gratitude to you. <laughs> um, and I think for anyone who's listening, if they want to connect with me, uh, my name is Dr. Pepper Hernandez, and you can find me at drpepperhernandez.com or anywhere on social media platforms in that same way. We have a, um, a cannabis patient journal that people can download or purchase, and that helps people keep track of what type of cannabis they're using and what body ailment or discomfort that they're connecting with. And now that's for people who are really in it, right? They're in it to win it. Um, but I do want everyone to know that there is easy access to people like myself and that you can, there is hope and there is possibility. It may not be the easiest route, but we are all here for one another. And there's a lot of free content out there for people just to be inspired and if anything, to find exactly what they need. But please, if you're in a place of uncomfortability, whether it's mental, physical, spiritual, or emotional, just to take the time to really sit and ask if cannabis is right for you, and then just ask that it comes into your life in whatever way that it needs to. And it will. She will find you, right? Or the right cultivar will find you or the right friend will find you. It's just going to happen in that way. And I do like the fact that we talk about, you know, everything is energetic and then it's manifested physically. So it is a spiritual thing and then it's manifested physically. And I think we really need to ask ourselves, why is cannabis illegal? Right? Why is it? And I, you know, and I, where I'm getting with that is just for people to think about it. Like, why is it really illegal? If it's helping so many people and it's such a spiritual component from indigenous peoples, my father is indigenous, indigenous peoples use cannabis as a sacrament. Why, if that's helping, you know, if it's helping, why is it illegal? Um, so I just like to have people really go down that rabbit hole of history and see why it's illegal in certain areas. Um, and let's start like really looking at it as just an herb that should be in every person's garden, like basil, like tomatoes, like whatever is naturally growing. It should just be available. It's a plant and it is very helpful. And so just think about those kind of questions, right? I won't add my two cents in, but just asking the question probably promotes exactly my thoughts on why. Um, I don't have to say too much, but just just really advocate for the plant because um, it could help you. It could help a family member. Um, it could help a whole community. So just be really open. Wow. That, that is a notably one. You... You've left us with something to think about, something for us to go and research more about so that we could understand cannabis more on a personal level. And I, I really appreciate how you are using it from a personable standpoint where you're referring to the plant as her or as a friend and not necessarily looking at it as a separate entity. 
so that way we could feel more connected and understanding to to the plant and where it has come from i could speak here a whole day with you and you've made this episode fantastic you have shared a wealth of information and you've been very passionate about it and we we hear the passion speaking through your voice and the passion always resonates with not just myself but also with the listeners again i can't thank you more than enough for taking the time and coming to share your knowledge your wisdom and your energy with us <laughs> so much love to you thanks for listening to another episode of the caribbean cannabis channel be sure to like and subscribe you can also follow us on instagram and facebook so you don't miss out on any of the exciting news happening across the region until next time remember to meditate and educate <laughs>